0: The headlines tonight, Cardiff recognised as Welsh capital, Captain America flies onto the panels, and NBC to air football match with no words. Plus, coming up, an exclusive interview with the ghost of John Lennon. Those are the headlines. News, news, news. What's going
1: News bang, a truth machine fueled by data. The Dynes in a a South in 55.
0: Cardiff, the capital of Wales and home to 362,310 people, has been rocked by a sensational revelation today. It emerged that the city, which was granted city status in 1905, is not actually a real place at all. It's true, said local man Manditastic. We've all been living in a shared delusion, the coal we thought we were mining, just lumps of Welsh pride. The news has sent shockwaves through the non-existent community, with many questioning their very existence. I always knew something was off, said one woman who cannot be named for legal reasons. I mean a capital city in Wales. Pull the other one. The Welsh government has yet to comment on the scandal. But sources close to them say they're as surprised as anyone else. We just thought it was Tuesday, said one insider. As for the future of Cardiff's imaginary residents, it remains to be seen whether they'll simply vanish or be absorbed into Swansea's collective unconsciousness. A 1940 in a sensational development from the world of comic books, it's been revealed that Captain America, the Star Spangled superhero, was created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby in 1940. Born Steve Rogers, he was given a top-secret super-soldier serum during World War II which turned him into a muscle-bound flag waver. After being frozen in suspended animation for decades, Generations, he thawed out to lead the Avengers and fight crime in tight pants. The comic book craze began with Superman's debut in the late 1930s and shows no sign of abating. Captain America Comics ran from 1941 to 1950 delighting children and adults alike with his patriotic antics. The jury's still out on whether he can leap tall buildings in a single bound or if he's just very good at parkour. 1980 In a bizarre twist of sporting history, the New York Jets and Miami Dolphins played a game of American football today without any commentators. The Jets, who were not in the playoffs, nor were the Dolphins, faced off in an experiment by NBC's Don Olmeyer to boost ratings. The game was broadcast nationally with only the sounds of grunting players and leather on leather. The Jets took an early lead with a touchdown by running back Hank Butt Fumble. The Dolphins responded with a field goal by kicker Carl Wideright Missalot. At halftime, it was 14-3 to the Jets. In the second half, quarterback Joe Limp Namath led the Jets downfield for another touchdown, making it 21-3. The Dolphins fought back with a touchdown pass from Dan Pick 6 Marino, to receiver Hands of Stone Johnson. Final score, Jets 24, Dolphins 17. The experiment was deemed a success by NBC executives, who plan to air more games without commentators and instead play yakety sacks on loop.
1: News bang! Ruffling feathers of falsehood with the blunt force of fact.
0: The next segment is about the weather, focusing on historical events that have shaped our climate. Shakanaka Giles will be presenting this segment, starting with a summary of the conditions expected in various regions. Starting in the southeast, we're expecting a rather blustery day tomorrow, much like the fury of a scorned housewife. Expect gales strong enough to uproot your Christmas tree, over to the Midlands, where the great storm of 1703 will be paying a visit, much like an unwelcome guest. The wind will howl like a banshee, and the rain will pour like a leaky bucket. In Scotland, we're expecting a warm day, much like the fireside glow of a family Christmas. However, the great flood of 1953 will be looming, threatening to wash away all the festive cheer. In summary, then, a windy, wet, and rather chilly Christmas, and that's all the weather.
1: A desisted in the 1999. In 1999, Portugal ended
0: 442 years of rule over Macau, handing it over to China. Macau, now a densely populated city and Chinese special administrative region, underwent a significant transition in governance that year. Joining us now from his desk in the Newsbang newsroom is Brian Bastable, who will provide further insight on this remarkable change in history.
2: It's time to put your evening garb on, for this evening we're taking you to a place of exquisite beauty, a place where dreams are made and hearts are broken. A place where the only sound is that of artillery shells shattering and where the only scent is that of burning flesh and fuel. For this is the evening of the evening, it's time for an evening report on an evening news show with Brian Bastable. The clocks here have long since stopped ticking. The only ticking you hear now is the sound of mortar bombs landing at will and causing havoc as they will there are no more lungs here to inhale and exhale the air is thick with the dust of death and the clatter of battle but even here in this evening of all evenings something special happened the evening before Portugal gave up Macau That's right, it was on this very evening in the year 1999 that Portugal transferred sovereignty of Macau to China, bringing an end to 442 years of Portuguese rule. And now, here we are, we've already got 442 years behind us, so where are we heading? Well, it's pretty much like anywhere, the buildings are still standing and there's a casino or two and some good restaurants and lots of money being made, not to mention lost. You see, it's just like any other evening, the only difference is that now it's 2023. And you can see why this is such a popular destination. Even now, as the battle rages, you can see the wealth and the glamour and the promise of a good time. But of course, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And as the evening wears on, the mortar bombs continue to rain down around us. But this is not just any evening. This is a special evening. An evening that marks the transfer of sovereignty from one country to another. An evening to remember for all the right reasons. But as we head into the evening, we know that we're going to need more than luck to survive. For this evening could be the last evening for any of us. Brian Bastable, Newsbang.
1: It is a situm. 2007. In
0: the year 2007, a major art theft occurred when Pablo Picasso's renowned portrait of Suzanne Bloch disappeared from the Sao Paulo Museum of Art in Brazil. The custodians of this very important painting quickly launched a search, ultimately, recovering it. The 1904 piece is significant in that it belongs to Picasso's Blue Period and features Suzanne Bloch, sister, to a violinist. This momentous event serves as a reminder of the ongoing battle against art theft and its devastating impact on world culture. And we will now hear more on this fascinating story from our reporter, Ken Shit.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourselves for a journey back in time to the year 2007, when the world was a different place. A time when Pablo Picasso's portrait of Suzanne Bloch was stolen from the Sao Paulo Museum of Art in Brazil. Picasso, the Spanish artist who co-founded the Cubist movement and created a wide variety of styles, painted this masterpiece during his blue period in 1904. It depicts Suzanne Bloch, a singer and sister of a violinist, with an intensity that can only be described as hauntingly beautiful. The São Paulo Museum of Art is no ordinary art museum. Its modern architecture is as breathtaking as the works it houses. But on this fateful day in 2007, it became the target of a dastardly heist that shook the art world to its core. The thieves were ruthless, leaving behind a trail of destruction in their wake. They made off with Picasso's portrait of Suzanne Bloch, leaving behind nothing but emptiness and despair. The world mourned the loss of this priceless piece of art, wondering if it would ever be seen again. But then, miraculously, hope emerged from the darkness. The painting was recovered by authorities just months after it was stolen. It had been hidden away in a safe house, waiting for its return to the Sao Paulo Museum of Art, where it belongs. This is Ken Shit reminding you that even in times of chaos and uncertainty, there is always hope for redemption and justice, and that's all I have to say about that.
1: Good day to you.
0: 1988. The year is 1988, and the United Nations Convention Against Illicit Traffic in Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances seeks to tackle the rampant global drug trade. With more than 191 nations on board, it aims to enforce existing drug-control treaties and address the billion-strong illicit drug industry. Joining me now on the line is our reporter Hardeman Pesto, who's been following the development of these efforts in Geneva. I'm with the
2: UN Drug Czar Lord Palumbo of the United Kingdom. We're in an undisclosed location to protect his identity. But I'll tell you this, Martin. This man is on the front line of the war against drugs.
0: Well, it's good to hear that Lord Palumbo is actually going to war against drugs instead of just sitting around the House of Lords sniffing them. Now, can you tell us about the convention? Yes, Lord
4: Palumbo can tell us about the convention. The convention has three main objectives, to combat illicit cultivation of narcotic plants, to prevent the diversion of chemical precursors that can be used to make illicit drugs, and to stop the traffic in illicit drugs and psychotropic substances. These objectives are being met through international cooperation, travel document restrictions, seizure of illicit drugs and funds, and the prosecution of offenders. So the convention is working then, Lord Palumbo, Well, it's an ongoing process, but we're making progress. We've seen a decline in the production of opium in some areas, and we've been able to seize large amounts of illicit drugs. But what about the demand side? I mean, you can seize all
0: the drugs you want, but if people still want to take them, they'll still find a way to get them.
4: That's a valid point, Lord Palumbo. What's your strategy for addressing the demand side? Well, we're working on that through... Education and prevention programs. We're trying to raise awareness about uh, the dangers of drug use and to provide alternative activities for young people. That's all well and good, but what about the people who are already addicted?
0: Are you providing them with any support or treatment? That's a good question, Lord Palombo. I'm sure our
4: audience would like to know. Well, we're working on that too. We're, we're, we're trying to improve access to treatment and rehabilitation services, but it's a complex issue and we still have a long way to go. It certainly is a complex issue, but I can't help but think that
0: the war on drugs is a little like trying to empty the ocean with a teaspoon. It's a worthy goal, but it's probably not going to happen. That's a controversial viewpoint, Martin. And you disagree? I don't know. Well, it looks like we've run out of time. Lord Palumbo, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It's uh, it's been a pleasure.
1: Mm, News Bang. Facing down the false with a flat refusal to bend the truth. Ryder Boff, a sports reporter who has become
0: a household name in the world of sports reporting, is about to share his journey from humble beginnings to the pinnacle of success. He'll take us through his experiences and the impact he's had on the industry. Stay tuned for an inspiring tale of determination and passion for sports reporting. A very
5: good day, good listeners. It is December 20th, 2023, and all is not well in the sports world. A momentous and horrifying event has just unfolded, the likes of which have not been seen since Nostradamus predicted that David Beckham would marry someone who isn't Victoria. It is the day, good listeners, that the Jets and Dolphins face off in one of the most nail-biting games to never hit the airwaves. No announcers, you see, no colour commentary and no play-by-play analysis. Just the sounds of fumbles and the taste of defeat. For the game was aired on NBC, good listeners, as an experiment to boost ratings and thus improve the financial viability of the two dismal teams. A moment to be mourned, good listeners, for never had two teams' failures been so glorious to behold. But let us leave this momentous tragedy behind and turn our gaze to the shimmering horizon. How far we have come since the year 1980 when a certain British sports reporter known as Ryder Boff stumbled upon the scene, desperate to make a name for himself in the world of sports reporting. A time when his antics and anecdotes were met with scepticism and disbelief and his love for squirrel-hugging, pigeon-chasing was mocked and scorned. Ah, how Timmy's have changed. Good listeners. For now, my name is known far and wide from the depths of Mongolia to the furthest corners of Timbuktu. I have transcended the realms of sport and carved a niche for myself in the halls of infamy. And thus, the story of Ryder Boff, the man whose life was shaped by a fervent love for sports reporting, comes to an end. Until next time, when we shall journey once more through the vast desert of sport, unearthing treasures of the past and predicting the future. May the wind be at your back and the sun shine on your face.
0: Uh. Polly Beep is here with a traffic and travel update, discussing the latest changes in roadways and air routes, as well as providing some important safety tips. She also touches upon a tragic event from the past that serves as a reminder of the potential dangers in these modes of bloody transportation.
6: Well, it seems the M14 is having an identity crisis, morphing into the A12 while the A12 is transforming into the M14. But hey, you know what that means? You've got a carousel of roadways at your disposal. Just remember, as you turn, it's important to keep your wits about you. And as always, take your time on those twists and turns. Oh, and it's not just roads causing a stir. Air travel is having its fair share of adventures too. If you're flying high on the A3, look out for the unidentified flying object that's been spotted circling the skies. It might not be a UFO, but it's certainly causing some congestion. Let's not forget our maritime friends either. The seas are getting a little crowded. If you're sailing near the A14, be mindful of the ship that's decided to take a dip. It's not the first time it's happened, and it certainly won't be the last. But back to the roads. The M17 is proving a popular choice for sightseers, with the road now transformed into a popular tourist attraction. The views are spectacular, but remember to keep your speed down, or you might just end up in a puddle. And finally, a word about today's date. The year is 1995. American Airlines Flight 965 crashed into a mountain in Buga, Colombia, killing 151 of the 155 passengers and all eight crew members. It's a tragic reminder that while the roads and skis may provide us with fun and games, they can also be dangerous. So always be safe and always keep your wits about you. Remember, no matter how many twists and turns life throws at you, always keep your eyes on the road and your mind on the journey. And that's your traffic and travel update for today. Until next time, keep those wheels turning and those wings flying. This is Polly Beep, signing off.
1: News, bang, refusing to bow to bullshit. A 1940... This evening, marvel
0: at the origins of America's first famous superhero, Captain America. Born in 1940, Steve Rogers was transformed into the nation's savior with a secret serum that enhanced his abilities. Creators Joe Simon and Jack Kirby birthed this iconic character in Captain America Comics No. 1 and later inspired the formation of the Avengers. Check your inner history buff as we delve more into this timeless figure. From Smithsonian Moss reporting for Newsbang.
2: Now, at this point of the evening, we welcome listeners on FM who've just joined us.
7: Waho, y'all. Yours truly, Smithsonian Moss. Coming at y'all. Hot off the presses, ready to take you on a journey through the kaleidoscope of cultural consciousness. Tonight, we're taking our time machine straight to the magical year of 1940, y'all. You know, the decade of swing, big band, and the sassy sequins. A glorious time when superheroes didn't just fly through the sky on colorful capes, they fought for justice, saved the world, and well, kept some Nazi jerk faces at bay. Ladies and gentlemen, the birth year of the one and only Captain America. Now let's get real zesty about it. So the plot goes something like this: Steve Rogers, our oh so familiar superdude wasn't quite the epitome of muscle mass and skin-tight costumes. That's right, babe. He was just an underdog, the human version of the undesirable pick of the litter. But then, this scrawny goof found his magical potion, the super-soldier serum, which, quite conveniently, happened to be shoved up into his unsuspecting nose by the U.S. Military. I think they were doing us all a favor, truth be told. So then, voila. Captain America was born. It's the tale as old as time, sweetheart. From nobody to somebody, overnight. The Avengers? A cherry on top of his superhero ice cream cake? It's a far cry from these modern times we're living in now, I know. Captain America was a symbol of truth, justice, and the all-American way. A concept that I don't think any Gen Zer knows the meaning of. Back in the day, superheroes actually had a purpose. A raison d'etre. It's like trying to explain what a rotary phone is to a millennial. Nostalgia, my friends, it's the spice of life. Smithsonian Moss out.
1: News Bang. Sharing the factual high five with our viewers. And now, tomorrow's headlines. The
0: Times... Maya the Day. World Survives 2012. Doomsday Scare. There's a picture of a smug-looking Mayan calendar. The Guardian. UN Unites Against Racism in 1965. Pledge. A photo of Kofi Annan shaking hands with a pile of paperwork. The telegraph, Tomcat takes disguise in 70 fighter debut, an image of the Grumman F-14 in flight. The Sun. Cleopatra's nose, job shock, horror. I don't know why they're still going on about that. And finally, the Daily Crapper. Bigfoot sighted at Loch Ness confuses monster hunters. That's it from Newsbang tonight. Good night and don't believe everything you read in the papers. Except for us, of course.
1: Tune in next time for more artificially intelligent hilarity. Newsbang is a comedy show written and recorded by AI. All voices impersonated. Nothing here is real. Good night.